The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Welcome to Fire Whiskey Friday, everybody. Kat and I had a lot of fun chatting before we started the episode today. If you're interested, please listen on. If you're not interested, we'd recommend skipping forward about probably five to eight minutes. If I'm completely wrong, Hannah Beth, feel free to record over me and tell them how long they need to fast forward. Catherine, what happened was... What happened was... So... <laughs> I, just, I tried to do like a sexy face and I just like shouldered my fucking sound booth. <laughs> oh my god. We're good. We're good. This is going to be a great episode. Come on. Okay. Continue. So, so what, what happened was... So, Remus and Maya were talking about Christmas as they were cuddling having sex yes or pillow talking like they do or should i say lack of pillow talk whatever so they were talking about christmas and they were cuddling and doing all of that lovely stuff and then it became christmas and then apparently they broke up which i had no idea because they were keeping this a secret so apparently they broke up the night after they had sex because they realized that maya's mate is serious and that remus is a werewolf and therefore has a mate and why is my arm so jiggly oh my god that's not the point so I'm yes sorry. so that that happened and they were at christmas and like even though they're keeping a secret apparently eventually people found out and then Jamie decided to do a mistletoe thing because he was trying to trick Lily into kissing him, but she didn't show up. So then her and Sirius ended up under the mistletoe, but Remus is right there, but it didn't really seem like he gave too much of a crap. And then it was the new year, and they went back to school, and then werewolves. Dun, dun, dun. Werewolves. Werewolves. Yeah. Correct. All in all, cat, a fair recap. Very well done. Very well done. Yes. Yeah, so the big thing with the werewolves is that there have been werewolf attacks and there is I need to take these bracelets off. They're gonna be loud AF. Um, but the big thing with the werewolves is that there are werewolf attacks and Remus is concerned because he knows that some of the staff knows that he is a werewolf and he thinks they're going to start looking at him weird because the, he thinks that they're going to think it's him. And we know it's not him. We believe it is Fenrir Greyback. Okay. And before we launch into this week's chapter, um, we did something new this week. So I'm sure... Many of you, I say I'm sure, I know many of you have been super involved with Muggle Please Monday and Time Turner Tuesday, both of which were the total brain children of my wonderful, fantastic, brilliant co-host. But there was something else she had come up with 
back when we were brainstorming, when I say we, I mean her, when she was brainstorming all of the social media pushes. And something she brought up was like a witchy wellness Wednesday thing. And I loved the idea, but I didn't want it in the main Facebook group. I know that fitness talk, weight talk, diet talk can be very triggering for some people. And I didn't want that in our main group. I wanted to keep that separate. So I asked her to bench that until we figured out a way around it. Well, then Rin, one of our wonderful super fans, the brains and beauty behind Starcross Entries, had mentioned, I don't even remember how it got brought up, but they mentioned that they wanted like a fitness group or they needed a fitness group and how great would it be if we had a fitness group. And I mentioned that Kat had dreamed up Wellness Wednesday and how cool would it be if we created a subgroup for fitness so that we could have those conversations without triggering people who don't want to be a part of those conversations. So keep it separate from the main group. And so as of this week, we created, Catherine? Fire, whiskey, and fitness. Woohoo! Fire Skin Fitness is a place where you can post about your diets, your workouts, all those kinds of things. Do you need motivation? We're there for you. Do you need tips and tricks? We're there for you. The only thing we ask is that you tag all diets with the type of diet it adheres to, whether that be vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, whole 30, paleo, keto, low-carb, low-cal, low-fat, doesn't matter. Tag it so that other people can then find it if they search the group. Same thing for workouts. If it's abs, arms, core, abs and core are the same thing. Legs, glutes, shoulders, chest, you name it, we do it. You tag it, we search it, we do it, we work it together, we get fit together. We love Yosa crap over our heads. We say what now? We love Yosa them weights over our heads. Oh, Levy. (laughs) I thought you said... Lettuce Yosa. I was like, what's Yosa? Leviosa. Yeah, I guess. And also, if I'm you. I'm accuing what you're casting. Yeah. And if you also, if you post any food and that, like, it's a recipe, put the link or the directions or whatever's easiest for you. Do not fucking tempt me with delicious ass looking food and don't fucking tell me how to make it. That's all I'm saying. Tell me how to make it. I want to know how to make it. Exactly. You make some delicious delicious ass shit you tell me how to make that delicious delicious ass shit oh fuck this is gonna be a bad episode (laughs) i can't speak bouncing bumbling band of baboons bouncing bumbling band of baboons it's gonna be fine yes i have no adult supervision my husband's left me for the evening so all i've got is me and two dogs so this is gonna be a shit show you think this is water is straight vodka. No, I'm kidding. I don't drink. But it is full of sugar because it's Crystal Light, which Hannah Beth doesn't drink. But I think it's delicious, so And Crystal Light, I believe, has the bad sugar in it, so eat cancer. It does. It has aspartame. But I'm drinking it out of the Ravenclaw shaker blender bottle that you got me. Oh, yeah, I did get you that, didn't I? Yeah, I think I said, hey, Kat, I want this for Christmas, but also I want it right now, so buy it right now, and we'll pretend it was for Christmas, because I think it was, like, September. (laughs) Yeah, and I did it. I'm such a good friend. And the funny thing was, the following Christmas, 
my quote unquote little brother, Padfoot, except now he's a kid, so now he's Dadfoot, he got me one as well. So now Jimmy and I each have one because my beloved husband is also Ravenclaw and I'm so proud. Yep, but- see, I'm such a good friend. I'll buy you shaker bottles. I'll go get your Starbucks order when you mess up. It's fine. Uh, good friend, good friend. But I think it is time to get back into the episode now. We uh, got out all of our distractions early, so you are welcome. We will stay focused. Also, if you think we've been doing a better job of staying focused and streamlined and having a better flowing podcast, please let us know. If you haven't already, please review us on Apple Podcasts. If you do so, we will love you forever and ever. Amen. And please check out my fantastic gift game on Twitter. I was very proud of my one this morning announcing our new episode. Yes, that was good. I liked the uh, silence. <laughs> I liked the Snape gif. Uh, I like it. I was actually also very proud of when I was watching one of the movies that I recorded that were "Have you been?" and I said the thing about when someone doesn't know what Fire Whiskey and Honey podcast is. <laughs> I was so proud of myself for that. Oh, and by the way, guys, if you haven't heard, I've been seeing some articles that said that the next Fantastic Beast movie will resume filming in September. So that's a good sign. The world is finally coming back to somewhat normal. Remind me to send you a Harry Potter Corona meme later. Is it Expecto Patronum and it's Patron? No, it's... Hermione and she has her hand over her mouth and it says Achu and then it's Harry with his wand and it says Expecto Coronas. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Anyway. Dead of time. Dead of time. <sighs> Chapter 44. Besotted. Oh, I can say this now and you'll be happy because the last time we recorded on an episode that was going to be on Valentine's Day, I was like, oh, it's Valentine's Day, cat. And you were like, yeah, I'll give a fuck. <laughs> you were like really grumpy. So now, February 14th, 1976. Oh, it's Valentine's Day, cat. Woohoo. I love when she's happy. <laughs> Where Does it everybody? <laughs> Bruh. I love you. No matter your mood, no matter what. But bruh. I know. Shut up. I love you a lot more. <laughs> yeah, well. Big now the tables have turned because the third one is now in my position. I'm just like, was I really this annoying? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to stab you. And that's fine. I was like, you got me power tools, I'm going to use them on you. <laughs> February 14th, 1976. <laughs> and Hannah Beth is like, okay, you are psycho. It's okay, Hannah Beth knows all of our worst parts because she has to edit everything out of here. Well, I did watch every single episode of Dexter, so I could probably do it, but... That's a side simple. Dude, I'm halfway through season four of Criminal Minds. Like, nothing phases me anymore. Anyway, the dead of time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> 16 minutes into the recording. This is fine. 
Where the hell have you two been? Sirius yelled as Remus and Maya approached the breakfast table Saturday morning. Fucking! I'm kidding, the story doesn't actually say that. Remus looked terrible, despite having taken his wolfsbane all week. The full moon was the following night, but knowing that his friends would not be able to be there with him had taken a toll. Oh, yes, that's the other thing. So because the professors know about the werewolf attacks, Remus is getting watched more closely, which means the marauders can't go out and transform with him anymore. Even with Maya's multiple attempts to help him relieve some tension together, aha, they were fucking, Remus was still strangely distant. Hospital wing, Maya muttered. Remus had a headache, she said quietly, realizing that they were in mixed company as Mary, Alice, and Frank had joined the Marauders. They sat down, and Maya worked to fix Remus some breakfast when she realized that Lily was surprisingly missing. The heartbroken look on James's face at the end of the table told her that something had happened. She snapped her fingers to get Sirius's attention. What did he do? Sirius chuckled. Broke his hand. What? Maya shouted, climbing over the bench to rush to her brother's side. Jamie, are you okay? James looked up at her with sad eyes, gesturing to his hand. What? This? Hurts a hell of a lot less than my completely shattered heart, he moaned, and flopped his forehead flat against the table with a loud thud. What did he break his hand on? Maya looked at Sirius, who was still laughing. <laughs> Diggory's face. Amos? Remus rose a brow. Aren't Hufflepuffs generally a little on the pacifist side? Yeah, fuck they are. <laughs> Have y'all ever met a fucking honey badger? Bitches are mean. Honey badger? Hufflepuffs, the badger? Yes, I know, but honey badger is that one, that YouTube video where he cusses and says that he don't give a... Badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom, badger, badger, badger. The people who hung out on the internet in the early days will understand what I am talking about. Except there with the Numa Numa dance. Anyway. They are, Sirius nodded as he filled his plate with an assortment of breakfast items and then, being the doting friend that he was, did the same for James, pushing the plate in front of him. Prongs asked Lily to go to Hogsmeade. So, that's not unusual. He asks her to go to Hogsmeade any time he's allowed to, and every other time he's not. Maya took a seat beside her brother, affectionately ruffling his messy black hair and smiling a bit. She could just imagine a bird taking up a residence right at the center of it. He bought her a gift, Sirius said, gesturing to the small velvet box on the table. Maya gasped at the tiny unwrapped gift and snatched it up. Jamie, please tell me Grandmother Black's opal ring isn't in here. You know Mom said that if you tried to steal it again, she would put a hex on it and all of your hair would fall out. She shook her head, unable to stop herself from thinking that the hex might be an improvement. When she opened the small box, she couldn't help but smile at the sight. It was a pair of silver earrings, similar to the pair that Sirius had given her for Christmas. But instead of a fox and a cat, the silver silhouettes were of a stag and a doe. Maya's heart warmed at the sight. Though she had known what Lily's Patronus would be long before her friend ever actually cast it, Maya couldn't help but smile in the room of requirement the moment Lily completed the charm. A brilliant silver doe had emerged from the tip of her wand and pranced around the room. 
exciting the eyes of every member of the AD, but none more than Jamie, whose eyes lit up an obvious joy at the sight before immediately casting his own Patronus, a noble stag. James had been beyond elated at the pair. Lily looked positively confused and took extra steps to avoid him at all costs in every subsequent meeting as well as class. Maya knew the gesture her brother was trying to send was amazingly sweet. However, she couldn't help but understand why Lily might react poorly. Oh, Jamie, these are beautiful, but you should have known how she'd react. She didn't get them, James mumbled into the table, followed by a string of swears and other unintelligible words that she struggled to make out. What? He presumably repeated his words, all still mumbled against the top of the table. Frustrated, Maya looked at Sirius for clarification. You speak pouting prongs better than anyone else. What is he saying? Sirius winked at Maya, gesturing to his ears, making her realize that she was wearing the earrings that he had given her. The earrings that prongs made are beautiful, though highly unoriginal, he said, but Lily never got them. Poor Prongsy got up, asked the lovely Evans to go to Hogsmeade. I was going to t give them to her at Madame Butterfoot, James bellowed as he sat up straight. There was a large red mark on his forehead from hitting it against the table. She would have loved them. Sirius sighed and patted James on the back when he put his head back down on the table. She said no, as usual, when Prongs tried to be a little more convincing. Evans said she already had a date. Amos? Maya asked with wide eyes, and Sirius nodded. That explains the broken hand, Remus muttered, as he leaned the side of his head against the table. Maya frowned at the look on his face, assuming he had a pre-moon headache. She looked at Sirius, gesturing to the large plate of scones sitting in front of him, or sitting next to him. I don't know where I came up with that. Uh, Sirius nodded in understanding, reaching for the chocolate one on top, and passing it over to Remus, who managed to grunt, Thank you, before picking it apart. So, Jamie punched Amos, Maya asked. Pretty much, Sirius said, grabbing, grabbing a scone for himself. Evan slapped him in the face and called him a hot-headed cretin. Then she told McGonagall what Prongs did, and the poor old boy's banned for ho from Hogsmeade for the rest of the year. She could not help but think of Harry and how he had clearly gotten his temper from his father. Harry always had a short fuse. While not nearly as bad as Ron, Harry never had the ability to let things go. He was always so quick to take the bait when provoked by people like Draco, or, in some cases, his own friends. Maya was just glad that Sirius and Remus never played on her brother's weaknesses. Oh, Jamie, that temper of yours is going to get you into trouble. It already did by the looks of it, Remus muttered. So, just the three of us then? Sirius asked. Three of us what? Maya looked up, smiling as poor Remus, despite being so ill, still shoved a bowl of porridge in front of her. She gently patted him on the head in thanks for the effort. Sorry, guys. Late recording. Silently telling him that there was no need. Hogsmeade, Sirius replied. I'll be in bed, not feeling up to sitting up, letting, let alone walking all around the village. You two go, Remus insisted. Maya caught the sudden change in the tone of his voice. 
She turned and looked at him and couldn't help but wonder if he was up to something. How about it, kitten? Sirius smirked, waggling his eyebrows at her. Come to Hogsmeade with me? Um, okay, Maya said, a bit on edge considering he was in such a good mood, which was drastically different from how he returned to Hogwarts after the Christmas holidays. It's a date, Sirius grinned and smacked his hands on the table. The loud slap reverberated through the table, causing James to yelp. You sure you don't want to go? Maya turned and looked back at Remus, who was smiling softly, picking chocolate chips out of his demolished scone and eating them individually. No, no, Remus replied. You two go. Have fun. By yourselves. Enjoy the holiday. What holiday? Maya asked. Before anyone could answer, the owls flew into the great hall, carrying an assortment of envelopes, boxes, and packages. A few letters fell in front of Remus, but he pushed them aside, ignoring them completely. At least ten envelopes and three small rectangular boxes were dropped in front of James, a few landing on his head and falling to the floor, though it looked as though he didn't notice. One by one, over a dozen owls hovered over the Gryffindor table, showering Sirius with letters and boxes of all shapes and sizes, most of which were pink or red. Maya paled in understanding, feeling her heart drop into her stomach. Oh, no. Remus smirked up at her. Oh, yes. You, my dear Maya, just agreed to go to Hogsmeade on a date with Sirius Black for Valentine's Day. I didn't mean to. She hissed down at him quietly, while Sirius collected his many deliveries, separating them into stacks. You did this on purpose, didn't you? Remus, is this why you've been avoiding me? He shrugged, pushing the plate of chocolateless scone crumbs away from him. I figured if Pads was going to smarten up, this weekend would be an opportune moment. Annoyed, she looked around the great hall for the first time since sitting down at the table. Couples all around the room were exchanging cards and gifts. Two rosy-cheeked Hufflepuffs with swollen lips were being escorted out by a perturbed-looking Professor McGonagall. A pair of Ravenclaws were snogging beneath their table. Three Slytherin girls on the other side of the room were taking turns shooting heart-shaped bubbles out of their wands. When the bubbles burst over the table, rose petals showered down. Maya cringed in disgust. Do I look like the kind of girl who can be swept off her feet with roses and hearts? You know... If they have a charm over that school where, like, you can't, like, scramble your eggs and have a baby <laughs> wizard, why do they care that they are kissing? Because also... Decorum. Yes, but it's also, like, in that one meme, you have to have your parents sign to go to Hogsmeade, but you don't have to have their permission to be in the Triwizard Tournament, which is more dangerous than going to get some candy. So... I mean, to be fair, we don't know that the parents didn't have to sign something, because you can, can you just imagine if Dumbledore had sent an owl to the Dursleys and was like, your nephew's name has been drawn to compete in a tournament that can occasionally result in death. Are you okay with that? The Dursleys would have been like, fuck yeah, where do I fucking sign? Like, <laughs> but for real. Yeah, but the other people's parents probably wouldn't have been okay with that, but it's just like, Jesus. 
Mm. Well, I think the other kids who competed were all of legal age, so they didn't require parental consent. Oh, Harry would have yeah, been the only one right. who needed it. Yeah. And again, I'm pretty sure the Dursleys would have been like, show me the dotted line, bitch. Like, sign that shit right now. Yeah. Anyway, oh, God, my nose keeps running. It's... They don't tell you this when you live in a place without seasons, but, like, it's not just spring allergies. There's spring allergies and summer allergies and fall allergies, and there's, like, different seasons, and you're like, oh, my allergies are gone, and then something else fucking blooms, and your nose is like, Niagara Falls. Oh, my God. This is so bad. (sighs) Anyway, dead of time. I'm being as considerate as I can be. Oh, right. Uh, Maya said, do I look like the kind of girl who can be swept off her feet with roses and hearts? I'm being as considerate as I can be right now, but don't try my patience by asking me what kind of girl you look like. Remus stared at her, and she quickly noticed the change in his eye color. He sat up for the first time since arriving at the table just to whisper in her ear, I, of all people, know what it takes to sweep you off your feet. Maya did her best not to blush, but was failing. You'll notice, though, Sirius presented you with neither roses nor hearts, just the request that you accompany him to the village. She huffed, deciding to ignore Remus. Looking at the stack of valentines and boxes of sweets in front of Sirius, she gestured flippantly to the piles and asked, What is all of this nonsense? The usual, Sirius shrugged using his wand to separate the piles further. Maya noticed that he was resolutely not letting his fingers touch a single thing on the table. All right, are we ready? Peter, get over here. Prongs, I know you're heartbroken, and Mooney's under the weather, but I really don't think Frank is going to be enough if this gets out of hand. Sorry, both of my dogs are, like, curled up next to my desk and huffing and puffing, and it's really cute. Um. My watched curiously as both Remus and James sat up, relocating to the to, on either side of a very nervous Peter. Frank sat beside Alice and an amused-looking Mary. Am I missing something? Oh, that's right, Mary said. You and Remus went down to Hogsmeade early last year and missed the deliveries. Sirius got a load of gifts last year on Valentine's Day, only he wasn't smart enough to inspect them all. When Sirius flipped her a rude hand gesture, Mary burst into laughter. What happened? I remember last year, Remus and I were running an errand for Dumbledore and we were supposed to meet you three, Maya gestured to James, Sirius, and Peter, at the three broomsticks for lunch, but you never showed. That's because we were all locked in our dorm all day, wrangling Sirius, James smirked, and Sirius turned and gave him a scathing look in return. He was still completely nutters by the time I got back. What happened? Maya repeated. Everyone turned and looked at Sirius, who was turning a little red in the face. It's nothing, my. Someone just sort of slipped me a love potion. It, it was no big deal. No, no big deal, James yelled, wide-eyed. It was the first lively thing Maya had seen him do that morning. You punched Peter in the face because you said he was keeping you from your true love, a third-year Hufflepuff you'd never even met. It wasn't that bad, Sirius said quietly. Peter glared at him, clearly still not happy about being punched a year earlier. 
You tried transfiguring a bag of galleons into a diamond ring so you could go and propose marriage. They're exaggerating. Remus chuckled softly. Am I exaggerating when I say that when I walked into the dorm room, James and Peter were trying to get your clothes back on because you said you couldn't possibly wait a minute longer to ravish your blushing bride? Exaggerating? Sirius snapped. Can we please just ignore the past and get a move on? He growled under his breath, and his three friends all shared a laugh at his expense. Mary and Alice were giggling, and Frank was shaking his head at the sight. Maya was annoyed, glaring at the envelopes and boxes. Poor you. It must be so awful to have all the girls literally throwing themselves at your feet. Or on our breakfast table, to be more accurate. If I get any glitter in my porridge from one of those insipid cards, I'll throw a fork at your head. It's looking a little big. Sirius leaned across the table and smirked at her. Green is a good look on you, kitten. Maybe I should go sit with the Slytherins, then, she snipped at him with narrowed eyes. You are incredibly presumptuous. So, what's your little plan for getting through all of your fan mail? Peter taste tests all the chocolate. James and Remus keep him in check to make sure he doesn't end up accidentally betrothed to some strumpet on my behalf. You're willing to do this? Maya stared at Peter, who simply shrugged. She rolled her eyes. Of course Peter would do this. He had no backbone whatsoever. She was surprised that his animagus form was not an earthworm. Why don't you just throw the chocolate away? Because it's not all tainted, Sirius answered with a tone that had an underlying duh to it. Is it really worth all of this trouble? It's not for me, Sirius shrugged and turned to look at Remus, who looked slightly abashed at Maya's sudden stare. She rolled her eyes so hard she nearly went cross-eyed in the process. Really? It's a waste to throw it all out, Remus argued. You lot are utter utterly astonishing. Fine, let's get on with this nonsense. She waved her hand as if she were giving her express permission for the boys to continue. The first box was opened by Peter since Sirius refused to even touch it. James was wounded and Remus was still ill. The long red box wrapped in paper with tiny pink hearts on it was tied with a golden ribbon that reminded Maya a little too much of the crimson box she had been given by future Remus for her 19th birthday. Peter opened the top of the present, revealing an assortment of chocolates inside. Any sign of evil tampering? Sirius asked, peeking over James's shoulder as though he were waiting for the box to explode. James, in turn, retrieved a card attached and opened it carefully, watching his and nearly a pint of glitter mixed with tiny pink and red paper hearts fell out of the envelope and onto his lap. Maya covered her breakfast. I wouldn't eat any of those, James cautioned. This letter is a... graphic. He blushed and made to hand the letter to Sirius, but Maya snatched it from his hands with narrowed eyes. My handsome black lion, come to Ravenclaw Tower tonight. The answer to our door's riddle is water. My bed is up the stairs, fourth on the right. I'll be wearing nothing that you can't lick off of me. <laughs> Callista Hitchens. Hitchens. Of Who? course, the riddle to their door is water. Like, bro. Yeah, so many voices. There, huh? 
there's a lot of male voices this episode. It speaking in the rough tongue is kind of hard, especially since I quit smoking. So like getting my voice back low again is really hard. Yes, you can be excited. My mouth isn't going to look like a cat's butthole when I'm old. Nope, still going to look like it. If you quit before you're 30, there are no marked uh, effects in your old age. It's going to look like it out of spite. I'm going to have luscious lips till the day I die. Anyway. Who the fuck is Callista Hitchens? I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Maya snapped viciously as she finished reading the letter, her face reddening. The people around the table all went wide-eyed, and Remus had an amused grin on his face, as though this is exactly what he he was waiting for. The future Mrs. Peter Pettigrew, that's who! Peter shouted and stood up, his eyes glazed over, and chocolate smeared on his open mouth as he began frantically searching the great hall. Both James and Remus reached up and took a hold of one of Peter's shoulders, holding him down. Told you this one was tainted. Bin it, James said, passing the box down to Frank, whose job was to toss the poisoned pile. Maya seethed. Are any of them anonymous? Nope, Sirius said. Er, Sirius shook his head, chuckling in amusement. They all seem pretty intent on making sure I know exactly who they're from. Mary, do you have a quill and parchment? She asked. I've left my bag in my room. Um, sure, Mary said nervously, reaching into her bag and pulling out the requested items for her friend. Do I even want to know? You've got that scary look in your eyes, Maya. I love that look. Sirius grinned, his gray eyes darkening. I can also hear Hannah Beth rolling her eyes. At my super kitschy, very saccharine, sweet, fakey southern accent. Because nobody actually fucking talks like that in the South. Yeah, you sound like freaking, um, what's her face in the hell? Skater, you can't write this stuff. (laughs) Her mama. Skater. You get back here right now. That's actually, you know, it's funny. I think I just watched The Help right before we started recording that one episode, which is probably why I did that accent for Mary. <laughs> that makes sense. That's such a great fucking movie. It Eat is. my shit. <laughs> yeah, and her mom is just like, well. <laughs> Two slice hilly. Fucking classic. Viola Davis is a gift. So is Octavia Spencer. Yeah, right. I love it when Viola like has her hair like all big. Like not in that movie, but like in life. It uh, makes yeah. me happy. And her arms, her biceps are Great like biceps. I just I like that she embraces like the natural style, the natural texture of her hair she's just like fuck it this is who i am nobody else has to change their hair to be accepted i'm not fucking going to and i'm just like yes do that fuck yeah actually that um that scene in how to get away with murder where she like has her natural hair like when she takes her wig off and all of that i think yeah i think i read like when the show was on tv that that was her idea that wasn't actually in the thing and i was like wow 
she she chose to do that. She wanted to do that. She thought it was important. And I was like, yeah. yes. Yes, it is. Thank you. Fuck yes. Also, I hope her skin looks better at her age than mine does at 29. And it's really not fair. But, I mean, also she has access to lots and lots of money and lots and lots of skincare. But, ugh, she's perfect and I love her. Anyway, yeah, dead of time. Not fair. Because she is smart, she is kind, and she is important. Preach. I love that look. Sirius grinned, his gray eyes darkening. Despite being completely distracted, Peter was given another box to unwrap. They had little time to get through the large stack of gifts, seeing that Sirius fully intended on taking Maya down to Hogsmeade, but he was apparently not going to miss watching Peter humiliate himself just, uh, just a little for the sake of being on time. Do you think Callista would like these? Peter said, his eyes misty as he chewed on one of the chocolates. Sorry, mate, James grinned and patted Peter consolingly on the back. These are clean and therefore belong to Mr. Mooney. He passed the box to the side where Remus began a small collection, replacing Peter's empty plate with a new box. Ooh, another card. James chuckled as he opened the envelope. Aw, Pad, she wrote you a poem. Sirius grabbed the card before Maya had a chance to, and he laughed, reading it aloud after clearing his throat. <clears throat> Roses are red, violets are blue. Meet me in the dungeons for a right seeing to. <laughs> That's romantic. <laughs> the entire table, sans Maya, burst into laughter. She narrowed her eyes, feeling sick to her stomach. Who? Was that? Um, Sirius looked at the bottom of the card. Kathleen Birchgrove. Name doesn't ring a bell, he admitted, handing the card over. Maya passed the envelope over to Alice while writing the name down on her list. Well, this card's not so bad. James passed the box of sweets over to Peter, who immediately began eating. Seems like something you'd write, Maya. Sirius smirked as he grabbed the card, reading the verse aloud. This bud of love by summer's ripening breath, may I prove a beauteous flower when we next meet. That, Maya shrieked, is Shakespeare! She snatched the card violently out of Sirius's hand. Her eyes lit up and her hair sparked in fury. It is uncreative, pretentious, and I wouldn't be caught dead quoting some thieving wizard posing as a muggle poet! Remus burst into laughter so loud that he had to bury his head in his folded arms as he leaned forward on the table, one arm eventually moving to grasp at his side as he continued to howl. Shut up, Remus, Maya snapped. By the end of breakfast, Peter had confessed his eternal love for 17 individual witches from three of the four houses of Hogwarts. Apparently Gryffindors knew better. He attempted to propose to ten of them and began trying to take his clothes off during the last three boxes of chocolates he was forced to sample. By the time Frank had thrown every last tainted treat in the bin, Remus had Peter in a full body bind. For the sake of their friend's dignity, James placed a temporary silencing charm on him to keep him from singing sonnets to a few confused Ravenclaws who had come over to take a peek at Sirius's Valentine's stash. Maya had a list of 17 girls that had tried to slip Sirius a love potion. In addition to Callista Hudgens, eight other Ravenclaws joined the stack, including Sophia Buckley, Mirabella Ellis, Abby Snow, and Adelia Chapman. 
a small collection of Hufflepuffs, whom Maya previously thought too sweet to do anything so devious, included Heather Hopkirk, Ophelia Shaw, and Lavinia Shepherd. There were even some Slytherins, including Bonnie Penrose, Kathleen Birchgrove, Ambrosia Mablethorpe, and even the infamous Elora Zabini. Maya fumed, very much lacking the strict sense of morality that she had once possessed as Hermione Granger. Give me all of the cards, all of the ones from the girls who tried to poison him. She reached her hand out fiercely to Alice, collecting the pink and red envelopes from her. Sirius rolled his eyes. I'd hardly call it poisoning. A little pushy, but... Pushy? Maya growled out the word, hair sparking, leaving small scorches on the Gryffindor table. She placed the pile of envelopes in front of her and glared down at them, muttering a quiet incantation and waving her wand over the bundle. They glowed dark red for a moment before disappearing from sight. Maya, James started his sister. Do I want to know what you just did? Remus raised an alibi. Better yet, do you need an alibi? She shrugged innocently. I just okay, returned. you need to read that again, because you said Remus raised an alibi. Better yet, do you need an alibi? <laughs> How do you it. raise an alibi? Remus raised an a brow. My <laughs> bad. did it again. <laughs> Dyslexia. I almost said eyebrow, and then I remember that it was just brow. <laughs> Dyslexia is fun, kids. It's not actually dyslexia. I think it's just my ADHD. But anyway. Remus raised a brow. Better yet, do you need an alibi? She shrugged innocently. I just returned them to sender. One by one, each letter magically appeared in a puff of red smoke before the girls across the great hall. The Gryffindor table felt eerily silent as they watched and waited for any sign of explosion as the returned cards were reopened. Upon opening, instead of the original valentine inside, there was a small, untraceable note. Love potions or are immoral and should be banned at this school. As if the notion of being caught sending love potion tainted chocolates was not enough, one by one, 17 girls began screaming. Their shrieks of horror echoed off the surrounding walls and vaulted ceiling. Covering their faces, the witches dashed towards the exit, but a few stopped, tears in their eyes, to turn and look in the direction of the Gryffindor table, where they met the shocked expressions of James, Peter, Remus, Frank, Alice, and Mary. Maya, however, looked full of righteous anger, and Sirius sat wide-eyed. You're horrible! One girl screamed, running out of the great hall in sobs, and Maya growled. Her inner animagus stirred. The formerly beautiful brunette Ravenclaw, along with 16 other girls, had their faces horribly disfigured by a series of red and purple pustules spread across their foreheads, clearly spelling slag. What's that mean? Slut. Oh. Those who were in AD knew exactly who had set the jinx upon the girls, so Maya knew her time was limited if she wanted to stay ahead of the rumors, true or not, that she had cursed her fellow students. I'll be going to the hospital wing, she explained with a calm tone as the rest of the Gryffindors stared at her in silence. I'll collect an antidote for Peter while I'm there. The struggling boy let out a distraught cry, breaking James's silencing charm and displeasure at the idea of being forced out of love with one Alora Zabini. 
When her friends continued to gape at her in shock, she sighed. Don't worry. I'll tell Madame Pomfrey how to take the jinx off of them. She knew back in her original timeline, the sneak, Marietta Edgecombe, still bore the scars of her betrayal of Dumbledore's army, but this, Maya could admit, had been a little extreme. She'd merely wanted to make a point. No one messed with what was hers. We still on for... <clears throat> we still on for Hogsmeade? She asked Sirius. Fuck yes, Sirius said, staring at her as she stood there, looking just a bit crazed. When she smirked at him, his grin widened, and he leered at her excitedly as she walked out of the Great Hall in the wake of the chaos she had created on his behalf. When she opened the doors to leave, Sirius could still hear the echoing sound of crying coming from Maya's victims. Clearing his throat, he sat back and tried to subtly put his hands beneath the table to adjust a sudden problem. Talking about his wiener. Yeah, I kind of got that. I don't understand why guys do that in public. Like, do you think nobody can see you? Oh, like he's he's trying to make it less noticeable. Yes, but I'm sorry, but it, it's not possible. Like, everybody notices. The moment he cupped himself through his trousers, James punched him in the arm, causing Sirius to accidentally hit himself in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Groaning, he leaned forward and put his face on the table, coughing. <laughs> you cock. That's still my sister. Leaning to the side so he could look at his best friend, Sirius forced himself to smile through the pain. I've never seen her so furious. I can't help it that her hair sparking turns me on. Knock it off, Padfoot, James growled and tried to punch Sirius in the arm. Sirius grabbed James's hand with a devious grin. As expected, James used his broken hand to hit Sirius with instead. Ow! That was intelligent. And that was chapter... 44. And it's still under an hour with all of that digressing. How did we do this? Short chapter. So, uh... It's I like think magic. It is like magic, so I think we can probably keep some of that at the beginning. Um, now let's go into... Thanking the people. Yes, let's go into thanking our Patreons. And now we would like to thank our Fox Patreons. Thank you so much to Miriam, Rachel, Jackie, Aguila, Carissa, Abigail, Rebecca, Becky, Sandra, Nevi, Chelsea, Ryland, Ryder, Laura, Olivia, Heather, Ashley, Claire, Claire, Amara, Jade, Shannon, Roshan, Jillian, Elise, Hannah, Martina, Paige, Amanda, Samantha, Therese, Sarah, Danielle, Miranda, Caitlin, and Rin. Thank you so much for being our Fox Level Patreons. We appreciate everything you guys do for us. Thank you again for contributing to Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. And remember that if you want to be included in the September lineup, please get your Patreons in before the end of the month. And when we recycle into September, we'll re-record and include all of the new names because we have had a ton of patrons join us recently. And we are so, so, so excited to have you all. Do not forget that if you want to listen to the next AO3 live recording of 
one of our chapters. The next one is going to be on September 11th, so we appreciate you tuning in and watching that. Remember, if you want to watch, all you have to do is become a patron level at the dog level, which is $1 a month, and you will get access to those exclusive AO3 readings. I do apologize for everyone last time with uh, episode 3.10, chapter 42, Moonlight. I had actually talked to Shia about that previously, and she had updated the fanfiction version because she didn't think it was overly explicit, and I agree, although Kat's blushing may disagree. But the next time we do a chapter, which is going to be on September 11th, it is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. It is chapter 46. There is a difference between the fanfiction version and the AO3 version, so we will be recording the fanfiction version for the podcast, and we will be recording a live version, a live reading of the AO3 version for Patreon. So, if you want to join us, we'd really appreciate it, and I cannot believe this cat, but we only have, after this episode, six more episodes left of season three. Wow, that went by fast. Season three will end. Our last episode is the first week of October. And don't forget, when we finish a season, we do take a two-week break. That is to give us a chance to stack episodes and to rest my pipes because talking like serious really hurts my throat. (laughs) (laughs) The black lung pup. Okay. Name that movie reference, peeps. Anyway, uh, also thank you to the few of you who did contribute the funny things your dad said when they farted to include blaming pets that were not in the room and stepping on bullfrogs. I appreciate all of you. My uh, husband has enjoyed joking about the sudden influx of Cuban barking spiders into our home, which I really wish would leave and that unfortunately is not going to happen until we start cutting eggs and beans out of our diet which is not going to happen anytime soon because i'm married a hispanic man but we will see you next fire whiskey friday wow thank you for listening to another episode of fire whiskey and honey a special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.